interesting. So uh, this is Trent Leishan interviewing me. <laughs> and away you go. Chris, welcome to the Not For The Average podcast. Trent, great to be here. Thanks, mate. Thanks for inviting me on. Well, it's a podcast about podcasting. So it's, that's a little bit quirky, isn't it? It'll blow our mind. That's right. Um, you were one of the pioneers of um, podcasting. What got you into podcasting originally? Well, I suppose I was doing podcasting before there was podcasting in a way. Um, look, I uh, finished a, a, did a media studies course, uh, Bachelor of Arts at Swinburne University way back in the 90s. And uh, one of the, f- well, the first job I got in media was at a company called Business Essentials. And uh, do you, I don't know how old you are, Trent, but uh, do you remember back in the- How old do I look? Old enough? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or young enough? Um, back in the 80s and 90s, right? Mm, well, driving, that's taking it way back. Driving, yes. Driving in the car. Um, driving in the car on the way to work, you're, you're either listening to um, the radio, mm-hmm. AW or 3AW in Melbourne here or 3LO back in the day, or uh, listening to your own music, mixed tapes, for example. I don't know if you had mixed tapes. Of course we did. Yep. A couple of romantic ones too, I think. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt that. And uh, But there was also some business people who would listen to self-help tapes or business tapes. Yes. Do you yes. remember them? So there was they were really big in the United States way back well, I when. Well, I must admit, I might have had a illegal copy of right. Tony Robbins. Oh, there we go. There mm-hmm. we go. CD format, not yeah. tape, a little bit later. That's it. And there was um, Ziglar, what was his name? Ziggy Ziglar or something? Zig Ziglar. Um, yep. You had um, Brian Tracy. Brian Tracy. Tom Hopkins. Uh-huh. I remember them well. Do you? Really well. Well, yeah. they were extremely popular. Um, you probably don't see so many of the tapes around these days for obvious reasons, but uh, I joined a company where we produced business tapes um, for the Australian market called Business Essentials. Uh, and it's today, I still produce it. It's the world's longest running audio subscription magazine thirty since 1984. So what's that, 38 years. And it's uh, you know eight or nine interviews with business people or business experts on how to run a better business. Now, there's only, these days it's on CD, but of course we have an app as well for mm-hmm. those who don't mm-hmm. care about CDs. You'll be surprised, though, how many people still listen. I was going to say, I haven't seen a CD in years. <laughs> Haven't you? No. Maybe um, maybe as a coaster. Coaster. Oh, as a coaster? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, um, basically, that that's the precursor mm. to podcasts, really. Yeah. Spoken word audio. Okay. You can listen when you want, where you want, so long as you've got a CD player. Mm. Um, and so back in the day... Business Essentials, we'd um, produce um, industry-specific business content for, say, general practitioners, those who want to run a better practice, um, pharmacists, those who want to run a better pharmacy, um, all different types. Mm. Um, So, And it was available on CD. The only difference really today is the distribution mechanism. Instead of a CD, we've got podcasts. You've got podcasting, yeah. So it's exactly the same thing you're doing, but it's a different delivery mechanism. Mechanism, it is. Um, there's a couple of different obvious things, and that you're limited by how much you can put on a CD, mm-hmm. whereas a podcast can go for forever. Yes, gotcha. gotcha. Or as short as you want. You don't want to buy a CD and there's only ten minutes worth of information on there. So, but but basically, um, it's the same concept. It's the same thing. So from 1998 until today, what's that? 24 years of mm-hmm. me producing audio, um, spoken word audio. Um, so what makes a great podcaster? What are some of the success ingredients? Okay. Um, I'll just go back with it's, it's, there's so many podcasts being produced because there are so many more listeners now. Mm. Um, I think... Uh, are there enough listeners for the amount of podcasts that are being produced? Well, it depends on maybe, maybe not. I, th- I suspect there's, there's many millions of podcasts now. Millions? Yes, but according to... The powers that be, only about 25% of those podcasts are still being produced. So there's, I don't know how many, two or three million, but only 25% have ventured beyond, say, eight episodes. Gotcha. Okay. Because so I'm in that 25%, Chris. 
I'm happy with you that. Are very, yes, I'm and you should pat that. yourself on the back for that because yeah, will, it's called pod fade. They, mm. So excitement of getting one done that yes. after, on average, eight episodes, yeah. they drop out because yeah. it's just so difficult to keep keep putting it together. That's fascinating. Mm. That's fascinating. Pod fatigue. Um, when the novelty wears off. It's interesting. Mm. Um, so, okay, so we're saying there's more people listening. That makes sense because I remember the podcast revolution. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised yep. at how it's taken off. Have you been surprised? Uh, yes and no. Because I've been in it for so long, I know the power of audio, um, spoken word audio, mm-hmm. um, and that it's it's much more of a deep dive engagement for the consumer than say a blog article or say a you know a two minute video on um, Facebook or something. People listen to podcasts to learn something; they want to know information um, versus then being simply entertained. Mm. So you'll see that um, most podcasts, or the average length of a podcast is about 20, 25 minutes, Mm -hmm. and most people will listen to the end, or on average up to about 80%, which is a fair amount of commitment in this busy world that we live for something like that. Mm. So that does have that power. So I'm I'm surprised that it probably hasn't taken off as quickly as it could have. But then again, okay. it's taken off a lot in the last few years. I'll just give you some statistics. Um, uh, research just coming out this week with Edison Research. They do um, research every year. The um, 26% of Aussies over the age of 12 listen to a podcast weekly. Mm-hmm. Four years ago, it was ten percent, so it's more mm. than doubled. It's yeah. it's what two hundred and fifty percent increase in four years, mm. um, and most people listen on a mobile device. About seventy percent. Mm-hmm. So it's the ubiquity of the smartphone. Mm. Really, if mm-hmm. we didn't have mm-hmm. smartphones, mm. where that's where your listening is coming from, we probably wouldn't have this spike. It's so we easy live on now. These things, Chris. We do evil little things, aren't they? Exactly. Go everywhere, and we are addicted to them. I love them. So the addiction is <laughs> yes. driving the podcast. Well, it's the listeners. ease. It's the ease of Yeah, convenience. Doing it. Anything that's convenient is dangerous. That's right. Yes. So for those who do listen on a regular basis, um, four years ago, they would listen to about four hours worth of podcasts a week. Today, it's seven hours yeah, okay. for those who listen on a regular basis. So not only is it increasing mm. for those who are listening, yes. but the time they're spent listening yes. is increasing. Um, but it's a great way to learn. We're learning on the move. We're listening on the move. We're listening. I personally listen when I'm at gym, when yep. I'm walking. Yep. I do a lot of dri- um, uh, driving and flying. Mm. So I'm on Audible all the time and I'm listening to right. podcasts constantly. There you go. There you yep. go. Yep. So what makes a good podcast? Oh. Well, <laughs> you're going to get into, you're going to host too if you like, Chris. You know what you're Sorry. doing. Well, I, I go through with, Brands, so businesses, organisations on how to develop a podcast. Give us three biggest brands that you work with, just quickly, um, just for a bit of credibility. Officeworks. Yep. We, we did paper cuts them. with Jason Cunningham. Paper cuts. I've heard of that. Yep. Um, real estate. It's a good d- name, actually. It is. <laughs> Realestate.com.au. So REA yep. Group. Yes. Um, at Melbourne, Melbourne Food and Wine. Okay, there you go. There's three really good examples. Magellan. So not so much your individual podcaster who wants to talk about Phantom Comics, okay? So it's more about... Unless you're the Phantom Comic um, creator that wants to increase your market exposure, that's I reckon fine. there is a podcast for that. There is a podcast there for that, actually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, uh, so I would take... First question is, why do you want to do it? So Yeah. Start okay. with the why. Start with the why. Old Simon Sinek. Kind of thing. Oh no, that was written in um, Outlaw, two thousand and twelve, way before. So he's pilfered, pilfered that. I think uh... there's been some plagiarism, but I'll I'll give it to him. He's a very good operator. Simon. He, he, well, he's he's taken that concept. Yeah, he's taken he? it. Um, so the why? So why are you doing it? And and mm. if you're a business, it's got to reflect your business goals. Okay, so if you want to get in in a, you know increase your exposure to a particular market. Maybe that's a good reason. You've got to remember that most people who do listen to podcasts, that 40%, tend to be your more professional. So those who have had a higher education, um, those who are you know, in a professional job, are probably a bit more affluent, who have got a bit more spending dollar, 
tend to be those who want to seek out a podcast to increase their knowledge about something. Mm-hmm. Not always. Things are changing and there's, there's, it's capturing a bit more of the wider market. But um, certainly if that's your target market, well, you, you might have a captive audience there. So you think, you know, what, what are your goals? So why are you doing it and what are your business goals? I like to think, if you can measure it too, that is all very well and good as well. So, for example, I use the Richmond Football Club as an, a metaphor, an, an allergy. Okay. So back in, you know this probably better than me because you're a sports, sporty guy, Trent. Yes, yes. So back, it was it 2015, 2016, um, it was decided within the with the CEO and the, the upper management that we're going to, Richmond wanted to be in the black. So it's not, you know, you know the finances they wanted to you know have revenue have have a profit uh they also wanted to have more than i can't remember how many me- thousands of members 70,000 members i'm not sure and the third thing was that they wanted to win three premierships by 2020 which was at the time a bit of a joke because mm-hmm. we hadn't mm-hmm. we I'm a Richmond supporter you can tell yes. we hadn't won since uh, 1980 and to win three, what, in the next five years? So that, there was a bit of controversy around that. But the, the thing was that, the, yes, they did win the three premierships by 2020. Uh, they were in the black, and they got a membership, I think, of more than 100,000. So without mm. those goals that they focused on, would they have gotten there? Well, maybe they would have. Who knows? But Cla- You know every club does that. With a new regime. Do they? Yes. So they got <laughs> lucky on that occasion, I think. Now, that's a good example, though. It's crystal clarity on the strong vision. Exactly. They brought in new people, Cook, Peggy. Yep. Um, they had a bold vision. Mm. Yeah, often those clubs will do that, yep. and they don't go anywhere near it. They fail miserably, but right. they've got to have the they've got to have the strong vision to inspire the you know the member base, the yep. the you know the club, everything yep. that surrounds the club. They've got to have that strong vision. But that's a really good example of. Um, of when it works, and it worked beautifully, didn't it? Well, even if it didn't work and they got only two premierships, I mean, how good yes. would, would have that have been for yeah. a Richmond supporter? Yeah, exactly <laughs> that was right. fantastic. Yeah. That's or a great story, actually. It, really it is. is. It really is. Because they're a long way back. They hadn't had success for 60-odd years, had they? No, that's oh, right. Not, not that long, sorry. Richmond supporters. Tw- yeah, yeah, yeah. A while. <laughs> Steady on. So, yeah, it was a while. But but yeah. the, the, the thing is, and the point is, if have you've got goals. a goal... You've got clarity. Yeah. And your podcast could have a goal as well. Look, you might want to be you you might want to decide in the next 12 months let's try to um, get 200 listeners per episode. That's they they may maybe okay. one goal. I don't know. Depends on what your business is. The second goal might be, well, let's identify which are the podcasts that are targeting our market and let's be in the top 2 or 3. That might might be another goal. Okay. Third third goal is let's after twelve months, if it's doing well, let's get a sponsor that can pay for it. So we're talking about how to get your podcast paid for. That might be a goal. I wouldn't necessarily mm. say that that should be a defining goal, because what a podcast is for a business, it's a long term content marketing strategy, and you probably don't want to. Um, you don't necessarily want to. Um, annoy your listeners by having someone else's ad in there. But it could be a goal. It really depends on what it is that you're looking to do. Yeah, gotcha. You could be in an association, okay? So I produce a podcast for the Australia, sorry, the Australian Association of Social Workers, mm-hmm. for example. Um, they have several hundred members. Um, they have sponsors for newsletters that they do and magazines. They may well want to have a sponsor for the podcast as well. Mm, mm. I produce one for the College of Surgeons, Australasian Royal Australasian College of Surgeons. They have a sponsor that sponsors that podcast. Gotcha. It's gotcha. a finance company. So something I probably need to work on. I guess it's uh, funding the funding the podcast. Right. Why is that important? I guess that depends on your goals, doesn't it? It does. Because it might be a, a marketing channel for you. For me personally, the podcast is really interesting for me to meet people. Yep. Um, I don't have the in- intent of making money from it, but it has led to business. Yep. Which is a real bonus, I think. Mm. But for me, it's always been educating my existing clients, my current market. That's it. But there's been some real added benefits, which is actually meeting new people, getting access to high-profile people. Yep. When I've never had, I'm going to say this, I've never had anybody knock me back for a podcast interview. 
yep. which suggests that I should be asking more. You're not threatening the However, <laughs> However, the only one that's given me a maybe is Julie Bishop. So I have I have tried to contact Julie Bishop. The and former she foreign said minister. No, former foreign minister Julie Bishop to yep. talk about international diplomacy and right. relationship building is the theme. Yep. Can't get past her gatekeeper. She gave me a no. Uh-huh. So I went back with... Is the, it, the gatekeeper gave you a no. The gatekeeper gave mm-hmm. me a no. So I said, okay, is it a no forever mm. or is it a not yet? And do you mind if I contact you again in six months right and she said feel free to contact us back in six months so it's interesting that um yep. that's the only one that's given me a knockback so far so yep. it's a great way to access people it is and it's a for me it's really interesting talking to interesting people well that's and it's a, good fun it is it's good fun chris exactly if you like talking to people it's it's a great um vehicle that's right that's right um but that that's a wonderful oh, i mean what a great goal particularly for professional services if you how do you get a chance to talk to a potential client? Can I take you out for coffee? Nah, get stuffed. But <laughs> would you like to be on my podcast? Mm, mm. How attractive is that for people? People like to promote yes, them, themselves <laughs> and feel important yeah, they and do. have the message they want to get it out there. Exactly. Yeah, no, so I agree with that. It's a great networking opportunity if that's indeed one of your business goals. Absolutely. So from the why, then we look at the who. So the who is who is your audience? And of course, your audience is your target market. Mm. Now, only a business knows better than anyone who their market is. So but, but be specific. You know, are they a particular demographic? Are they, you know, are they mostly men or are they mostly women or it doesn't matter? Are they a particular age group? Are they, what are their interests? What other media do they listen to or watch or read? Um, is there a particular message that would resonate with them more so than other messages? And remember, you're not, you don't talk about what you want to talk about. You talk about what your target market wants to uh-huh. hear. Okay, so that's two, there's two ways to look at that. Yep. You can talk about what you want to talk about, what mm-hmm. interests you, or you can specifically, or probably three actually, or you can talk about what you think you're, what you know your market wants you to talk about, right. or both? Um, it could be both. Yeah. It could be both. But, but, but if, if you look at, say, Chris, mm. if you look at someone like a Joe Rogan, mm. and you mentioned that he started just interviewing people for his own benefit. Yep, yep. You know, so that's, that's starting a podcast with the intent of just talking to people that I want to talk to. That's right. Yes. Well, he's he's he, not thinking about his market, was he? No. Back, and back I'll, in the I'll, early days of the well, Joe Rogan experience. Well, he he's, he wasn't a bit brand. He wasn't a business. Well, perhaps he was a brand, a personal brand, mm. and maybe that. I don't know what his, um, I suppose, personal brand was doing back then. Was he a? Wasn't he a commentator for, or is he still a commentator yeah, for UFC. WWF? Yes, or that number of things. Comedian, right? He's a comedian, and UFC is his main. Okay, so I mean, there's lots of lessons to take out from that. All he wanted to do in the beginning was just have a chat with someone yeah. and press record. And I th- believed if earlier audio quality was pretty rubbish, mm. but over time, because when he was started doing it, there was very few others of his ilk doing it. His interviews go for two or three hours. Amazing, amazing. Isn't they it? are, they yeah. are. But there's that authenticity because yeah. all he is doing, figuratively, is putting his feet up on the table having a glass of beer or whatever he's doing and mm-hmm. having a chat, yeah. which thousands and millions of people. Amazing. Number one podcast in the world. Long yep. format, three hours. That's it. Five years ago, if you had have said that's what's going to be happening and that would be an example of what a successful podcast looks like, people would have thought you were mad. Could look like. And I Could think, look like, yeah. Sure, but there's, yeah. the, 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 tr- the trouble is, the trouble is, perhaps, is that so many people are trying to replicate that, mm. that that market is crowded. Gotcha. And so I wouldn't yes. necessarily advise to do that um, as a as a strategy yes. for a business. Um, how many Aussies would have heard of him or listened to him? If your market is Australian, uh, I don't know, uh, startup business owners, are you are they listening to that kind of a podcast, or are they mm. rather listening to how to get from scale up? Sorry, from startup to scale up. How mm. do you? Mm go through that barrier maybe yeah. that's a more specific podcast and yeah gotcha and so so the who it's the who so what happens then so once you sort of understand why you're doing it and you've written down some goals for your podcast and you identify who your audience is and what lights their 
fire. The Bajon. That's it. Mm. <laughs> you say that well. That intersection is the what. So what is your podcast going to be about? What's the content? And that's when the creativity juices start to flow, really. So I'll give an example mm-hmm. of a business I think that um, has thought about it well. And it, there's a bloke in uh, WA called Michael Momsen, and his company is called Rate It. So basically, he, uh, Michael, he enjoyed, he was right into listening to podcasts. He wanted to do his own one. So he created one called Customer Experience Leaders. And he interviewed leaders, worldwide leaders on customer experience. So the boss of, say, Disney Resorts. And we all know how wonderful the customer experience is or should be at Disney worldwide, Disney Land, Disney World. So he interviewed these types of people and the numbers that of listeners he, he got went through the roof. And he, his target was those who are in charge of customer experience in big companies. Gotcha. So that's his target market. It's his target market. Yeah, there you go. There yep. you go. That's interesting. That's smart, actually. That's a marketing strategy. It's a marketing strategy. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that might be your strategy. However, you may not be a very good interviewer or not very engaging. So how does that, does that impact your what? <laughs> There's a real art and craft to, to interviewing people. That's right. And doing yeah. it in a way that's interesting enough to, mm. for people to keep listening. Isn't Look, uh, if you're in business, if you're the head of a particular company, the most important, I think, the most important skill, yeah, you have, you have your expertise in a particular designing a widget or whatever. Yeah. But the most important skill in business is communication. You have to work on it. You have to. And I think podcasting is a wonderful way to work on that. Now, well, it's all tone, isn't it? Words and tone. It's Well, it's interaction. It's a, a foolproof way, or an easy way. Let me say that again. A, a, a um, training wheel way of doing a podcast is, if you think of the conversation we're having here, Trent, you're the host, I'm the guest. Now, a podcast is only as good as what what we're talking about. The conversation. Obviously, right? Mm, mm. Now, the guest normally is doing most of the talking. So you need your guest to be able to talk in, in an engaging way. So how do you do that? Well, it's through the questions that the host asks. Masterful questions, Chris. Masterful. Exactly. <laughs> they have been fantastic. But to elicit engaging answers then comes down to the questions. So it's important that the host studies and understands and has done the research and can anticipate in a certain sense what the guest is going to say. Um, and, you know, to bring the conversation back to, mm. um, you know, back on kilter. Yes, gotcha. gotcha. Yep, it's yep. the art of conversation. It is. Some people are naturally artistic. They have a flair for conversation. Others need to work on it. Some guests, not all your guests are going to be so um, um, erudite or articulate. Yes, I think that's okay because you have different flavours with your interviews. Mm. I've interviewed a couple of people, I won't say who, but they're very dry. Yep. But you can sort of bring a little bit of quirk out in them or they're, yep. you know, have a little bit of fun at the same time. So not, and against knowing your audience, not everyone wants fun. It's just, you've got to have a, a balance, I think, in terms of content. Well, that's right. That's um, right. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, I do listen to Joe a lot. But not every not every episode. No, like he's talking to UFC fighters and he's talking to yep. comedians I've never heard of. I'm not really interested. Yep. Then bang, there yep. he is with Elon Musk, or yep. he's there with some physicist. Yeah, uh, and I'm thinking, well, I'm going to listen to that one. So mm. um, he's not getting me with all his content. No, that's right. It's a yep. it's a yep. it's a fraction yep. of his content. Yep. But yep. but I will listen for yep. three hours if I enjoy yep. it. Yeah. Um, yep. But I do, I do know this. The more you do, the better you get at anything in life. Mm. I went, and we are just um, digging into Joe a little bit here, but yeah. I went back to episode one to listen to him, yep. see what his first episode sounded okay. like, because yeah. I think he's nearly at 2,000. And it was pretty ordinary, ordinary in comparison to what he's doing now. Right, yeah. So I thought, yeah, it just goes to show you the more you do, yeah. if you want to be a better conversationalist and yep. a better podcaster, yep. you've got to be doing more. Well, that's it. That's right. Yeah, practice, practice, practice. Yeah. Every episode is an opportunity to practice. Yeah. Well, what I do still is when I do an interview, um, and I've done hundreds, and I keep, I do probably 
almost one or two a day for different podcasts that I produce. I send the guest the list of questions that I want to ask. It doesn't mean you've got to stick to them, mm. but it at least gives the guest an opportunity to form an answer in their mind before the day that you record. Because mm. yes. what you don't yes. want to do sometimes, and a lot of podcasters do, they think, we're just going to have a conversation. But if you think about it, it's not really a conversation. A conversation is between two people where the, the, you're doing it for each other. Mm. Okay, and the, at times you might be making a cup of coffee, and hey, can you say that again? Like it's to listen into it can be annoying because you're not really paying attention to the listener. Mm. So with a podcast, don't fool yourself; it's not a conversation because you're doing it for an audience. Yeah, there's a performance element. It's a performance. Yes, exactly. Yes, but what makes a good podcast? Yes, it's a performance, but you still want it to sound conversational. Mm. So it's a it's a, it's a performance with that in mind. Yes, but yes. it's actually not a conversation. So don't fool yourself into thinking it is. Are you saying we're not friends, Chris? Well, this is a performance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Well, that's interesting. The best podcast I've sort of had this um, with us. You sent me a, a list of things to talk about. I would yep. normally send a list. You would of or questions. Wouldn't. I would. Yep. Always send about seven questions. Yep. And I say, well, we can. I'll dig into these, mm. and we may or may not ask them all. But this is sort of a basic framework, just to give them. Yep. But you, you're a seasoned professional, and you mm. sent me something through. Yep. First, so that's why I didn't send you those questions. So I thought, okay, there's enough here we can we can dig into. Yeah. But I have found the better, the more preparation you do for a podcast, usually the better it flows and the more natural it feels, which is interesting because yep. you're actually putting more structure into it. Yeah. But the end product's usually more natural. That's right. That's right. Well, the, an example of, of putting research into it is Andrew Denton. Um, do you remember the show Enough yes. Rope on the yes, ABC? Mm-hmm. Is he still around, Andrew? I haven't seen he, him for years. He does bits and pieces. I'm not sure what he's doing right now, but I'm, I'm sure he's busy. <laughs> Hello, Andrew, for listening. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But he, he would, yeah, Enough Rope was once a week, one hour a week. He and his team of researchers would spend all week on the next guest. Mm. He'd lock himself into a room and read everything about that guest. And there was a, there's a famous interview that, that he, I heard about in a podcast someone did with Andrew about it, where he interviewed um, who was the lead singer of R.E.M., Stipe? Um, oh, R.E.M. Uh, um, Snipe. Yeah, it wasn't my genre, R.E.M. Yeah. I do, very, very well known. I know, I do remember that. I, I know them. Well, apologies for those who... <laughs> That's me in the corner. That's is, that, is that them? <laughs> I, think, I, think, I, think I think I can try and work out what song you, you're getting at there, but yes, yes. Um, now he, Losing my religion. Losing my religion. Yes. He, the, uh, so the lead singer, he's fa- he was famously... Um, known for giving difficult interviews. He was gotcha. shy. He yes. wasn't very open. Awkward. Exactly. But then again, a lot of interviewers, you know, the celebrity types, mm. uh, you know, uh, not probably make people feel very comfortable if you're a bit... Um, yes. Anyway. Yeah. So, but Andrew wanted to, for a good interview, you got to make the guests comfortable. And he, mm. there was a particular um, fact that he heard about the singer and that uh, when he was... Um, writing a particular song, um, he would have a bowl of cherries. Oh, no, sorry, when he decided to go out to be a professional singer, he, had, he was listening to um, a song and he had a bowl of cherries. Okay. Um, that Andrew found this fact, or his research. Yes, a quirky fact. Quirky fact about mm-hmm. him. So on stage, when Andrew interviewed him, they stop, he stopped the interview and said, look, we're just going to bring in um, this tray and took off the lid of the tray and there was a um, bowl of cherries there and they played a particular song that mm-hmm. the singer listened to mm. when he decided to become a uh, become a, a recording artist and that that made the singer just feel so comfortable mm. and um, mm. and appreciative disarming exactly that yes. Andrew went to all that trouble yes. to bring out this particular anecdote mm. and it just made for a better interview after that yeah, yeah. now the, and it made for great television as well because the emotion that it brought out 
um, from from the singer on stage was terrific. So my long laborious um, point no, here, Trent, no, no, it's is a that great if you point. can do point. the research, it'll bring out um, it'll bring out things that you wouldn't have known to find out mm. about. Um, the guest. I think that's a great takeaway. We, in my world, we call that dare to prepare. There we go. Yeah. Yep. So uh, dare, I dare you to over prepare. Yep. This is part of the boom language. Yep. yep. I dare you to over prepare and see what happens. Mm. You know, and because people usually wing it, hope for the best. That's right. Fly by the seat of their pants. It's okay. If you've got if the you've experience been, in the skill yeah, if you've got it. ten years doing something, you could yeah. probably get away with it because yeah. you know it's fluid, and yeah. sometimes the magic is in the fluidity. Mm. I found that less is more sometimes, particularly with content, yeah. having too much content as a presenter and doing what I do, to, uh, less is more. However, you can never, never, ever overdo preparation. Yeah. Um, I want to touch on something there, Chris, because I think it's really potent. Mm. And that is, we talk about the quirkiness and how important that is to engaging people and particularly selling and influencing. Yep. So that quirkiness that Denton has, he's quirky. Mm. So quirkiness for, and this is, I want to link this into, you know, interviewing people right. and being able to make them feel comfortable, help them feel safe mm. and comfortable so they can share yep. and be comfortable sharing with it because that's a real art. Right. Think about some of the great interviewers like yep. Parkinson, mm. Um, Denton, mm. you know, is quirky yep. as. Yeah. And that quirkiness means that you have an ability to disarm yep. and build trust quickly. That's right. To be non-threatening, to be unique, or to be memorable. And Denton was certainly one, one of those, I would say. So that's a great example. But he's going to another level there mm. with his disarming quality. That's it. Which is actually finding something really quirky about yeah. the um, interviewee. That's it. Or the guest. That's right. And bringing that out. That's very disarming. Exactly. That's a great example, actually. So you said you were, uh, that was laborious, but I thought it was brilliant. Perfect. Can I add that with, a, with an interview, okay, you might have, you've invited someone into your studio, or it could be increasingly. It's very warm in here too, Chris, I must say, in your studio. Is it nice and warm? It's nice. Sorry to Cozy. Cozy, very cozy. <laughs> um, increasingly these days, we're doing more interviews via technology. So, yes. Um, the internet, but um, what you want to do as the host is make your guest feel comfortable before you press record. Mm. Not everybody has the experience of talking in front of a microphone. Most people don't, and so it can be, uh, you know, uh, they could be anxious, um, stressed out, Mm. and that might mean that they hold back a bit. So you want them just to feel relaxed. So. just before you press record, so that when you first meet them, it's good just to have a bit of a chat. And how's your day been? Talk about anything but um, the actual uh, interview itself. Yes, yes. Just to disarm them and for them to get to know you as the host. Great idea. Say, oh, you're great. You know, they feel comfortable that you're in. You're confident. You're in control, and you're everything will go smoothly. And you're in rapport. Exactly. I noticed, and here we go with Joe again. Sorry to do this. Here's the number yeah, yeah. one podcast in the world at the moment. Joe oh, Rogan. Close, close second to yours, I would have thought. I'm getting there. I'm coming for you, Joe. I'm coming. Uh, he I'll, I'll often referenced the night before, great dinner, and they had wine, and they, he'll take his guests out for dinner, I oh, think, right. as a standard format. Okay. So they fly into Texas or wherever he is, and right. he'll take them to dinner. Wow. So I think that's a sort of a more extreme version of rapport building the night right. before. Well, Because we, they're often hungover right. when he's doing the podcast. Okay, I'm waiting for the invite to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is a very warm uh, podcast studio, and I'm going to put up the studio. I'll put up a pic, actually, mm. um, on the socials. Um, it probably could have some aromatics in here, Chris, something there, a bit, some fragrance. There, there is a bit over there. Oh, is there? Okay. Yeah, my wife put that in there. She, I think it was a hint that it, it needed a bit. This, to me, is a, uh, is a, it's a great example of a podcast studio. It's warm. It's sort of... It's, carpet. it's got a bit of quirk to it. It is. There's a bit of my personality in yeah. here. You'll see that uh, rug there. I got in Tibet twenty years ago. Wow! I wow! Back, tra- back backpacked in Tibet and Fantastic. flew that over. So Fantastic. that's a bit of cushioning. So for yeah, those okay. obviously who can't see it, which goes for everyone listening, <laughs> there's a there's a rug. It's on a the dragon. Wall. It's a dragon. Yeah, it's that's a dragon. right. The handmade Fantastic. Tibetan Fantastic. rug. We've got some acoustic microphones on the back here of a brick wall and um, books everywhere, uh, bookshelves, 
it, it's quite furnished, which absorbs mm. importantly the sound, yeah. so it doesn't bounce off the walls. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's yes. not it's not a big space, but it's not tiny either. Mm. So if it's too big, it'll sound cavernous. And again, it'll it, it'll come out in the microphone. But if it's yes. too small, it'll sound boxy as well. So it's just the right, I think, acoustic sort of um, furnishing in here. I like it. it. It's warm. It's got. It definitely has some quirk to it. That Tibetan rug would mm. invoke. Uh, it's got me wanting to ask a few questions about Tibet, but I'll I'll keep it on point. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask. Can I ask one question on Tibet? Sure. Did you? So, what was that experience like in terms of? It's known as sort of this spiritual. Having having spiritual significance or connectivity, was that part of your journey there, or was it more just an experience going through the Himalayas? Well, and I, you know, I like I like backpacking and going to different places, but um, and it's such a hard, far away place to get to financially and mm. and time wise. Back in this is twenty years ago, you had to fly to Chengdu in the Sichuan province, and then fly over from there. Um, so it took a fair while to get there, but what I found was it was like walking back four or five hundred years in mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. because you still had the local, the local Tibetans in their traditional garb, um, and all those sounds and smells of incense burning everywhere mm. at the temples. It's Did you drink the yak milk, yak butter tea, yeah, yak butter tea, yeah, nice, yeah. amazing, yeah, yeah, it yeah. is, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yep. that's on my list. Yeah, that's why I'm really intrigued. I, it's. Um, a lot of a lot more Chinese from you know the Hun Chinese coming into Lhasa, the capital, but mm. off the beaten track, it's 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 amazing. Yep, yep, fascinating. Yeah, fascinating. <laughs> nice and warm. Uh, let's go back to our running sheet here because we're we're talking about the we we're talking about the what. I'm trying to stick to your yeah stick to your format here. The why, yep. having clear goals, the who, being clear on your audience, yep. different ways in which we can. Utilize the podcast in terms of engaging audiences or using it for different purposes or goals, such yep. as marketing mm. or promoting a message or simply entertaining ourselves. Um, and the what. So we're talking about the what and the content. Mm. That um, that doing your research, doing your preparation, I find you know a lot of people have books. So yep. if you're going to interview somebody that's an author, you better read the book. You, you know, you better, well, you better right. do, do you, yep. you know, pay the author the respect. Yeah. They've yep. given you their time. Yes, they're probably looking to promote themselves. That's okay. Yeah. But they've given you their time, which is, yep. I'm assuming most people don't pay their guests. Some do. Mm. Uh, um, pay them the respect of at least reading the book or of at least skimming it. Right. As yep. opposed to just saying, well, tell me a little bit about this latest book you've got coming out. What's the title? Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so dare to prepare, do your research. Yeah. Great way to, as you were saying, great way to engage the guest, yep. make them feel comfortable and in rapport, but mm. also show them respect. Mm. Yep. Is it fair to say that the guest might have a goal for the podcast as well? And we don't often ask that. We don't often seek uh, clarity on the purpose of why the guest wants to come on or, or would be willing to come on? Um, yeah, it depends on what your podcast is about. But if I use Business Essentials daily as, a, as a, an example where I do a two or three interviews a week for it. Each interview is 10 minutes in length. Short. Short, short. They're short. It's micro short. They're micro short. Well, mm. yeah, 10 minutes is... And the reason is that each of those interviews has the potential to go on the longer subscription-based audio magazine. And we gotcha. have about eight or nine interviews. That weave together. They weave together. Yeah, okay. okay. So it kind of fills that thing. But then again, you're a business owner. This is your ten-minute fix in the morning. There's several podcasts that that are caffeine hit about that long. Yeah. So you've got seven a.m. Um, produced here in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. It's it's sort of the equivalent of the um, uh, the Daily, which is a New York podcast. Mm-hmm. There's um, the Australian now has uh, the Front, which is ten or fifteen-minute podcast about you know daily what's happening that day uh, in the news coming from the newspaper. So there's plenty of these shorter things. And what Mm. it is, it's basically we want to get an aha moment for those who are listening, those who are serious business owners. Mm. So it could be, um, you'll see all these books all over my shelves here. They're all business authors. So I get books sent to me from PR companies and from publishers. Please interview our author. 
I won't interview, I won't read the whole book. I'll read a chapter. And reference that chapter. And I'll say, let's talk about the five ways mm-hmm. to market your business without having to spend any money. So I'll, inter- I'll contact the, um, the author and say, I want to interview you on this. Um, I don't give them an agenda. The very fact that they're on our podcast that is being listened to thousands of business owners across the country gives them exposure. Mm. Okay, That's the purpose. That's their That's purpose. That's the goal. Yep. Conversation. But yeah. it's not an advertorial. They mm-hmm. can't say, oh, I've got an offer to give to... No, sorry. No, we're not giving offers. Our, <laughs> we have a sponsor for the program. Um, as a, as a, someone on... Sorry, someone I'm interviewing on the program... That's enough. You, you've got exposure. We just want to know the top five, like you said in your book, top five tips on how to market a business um, without spending money. Gotcha. For yeah. example, so it's a right? summary. It's yeah. a form of summary. That's to right. Promote. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, give them uh, exposure to the to your audience. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So those books, I'll flick through and I'll make notes within that chapter, and then write up a list of questions. I'll send that to the uh, interviewee and you know pick a date. And um, do the interview, and it's ten minutes, basically a top and tail, meaning that we keep the bulk of it in. But sometimes I might ask an ex- extra question. It goes for thirteen minutes. Then I've got to decide. I've got to take three minutes out. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Short and sweet, punchy. Yep. That's right. Yep. So this is very much uh, information, not entertainment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes, it's educational. It's, it's educational. an educational. Yeah. So I will read a book or a, not read a book so much these days. It's all um, audio books You're right. for a purpose. I'm, I'm reading with purpose. I'm yeah. looking for something. I yeah. want something. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about it quite a lot. How do you, I often get asked as well, a couple of questions I mentioned earlier. You know, how do you make money? Do you make money from your podcast? The answer for me is no, it's not the purpose, mm. but it has generated business. Definitely. Yep. Absolutely has. Yep. A common bit of feedback is I'm thinking about doing my own podcast. So I was curious to know, know, is it expensive to do? And the short answer for me is no. What do you think? I agree. Yes. (laughs) It's not (laughs) not expensive at all, is it? If you've got no money, it's expensive, I suppose. But what what you need, I mean, best practice, um, if you're a business, you've got a bit of money behind you. So if you can... uh, Invest in creating a studio-like room. Do that, and and that means you know um, those foam acoustic panels on the wall, somewhere where there's not a tram going up and down the road next to you. Or that could you know, be the ambient noise though in the back. No, not, no, not ideal. No, no, absolutely no. Oh dear. Okay, <laughs> so that's the like an absolute no no. There's an no ad- ambient noise. There's an ad on TV. I can't remember the name of the celebrity chef for Coles, and he says he gets his um, what does he say? The the quality is from quality produce. Yes. So if you've got same with podcasting, quality comes from having the best um, no noise in your studio. Yeah. yeah. Good acoustics, best microphones yes. that you can afford, yeah. all that kind of thing. Okay. So if you've got a tram going up and down for, um, what did you say for a- ambient noise. ambience? Yes. No, yeah. no, no, don't, good, don't no, do good. That. no good, no good, no good. I'd probably agree with that. Yep. Now, I'm just I'm smiling because I'm picturing this guy or lady or whoever. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> getting in the podcast studio set up with yep. the um, with the noise filters, right? The, the best equipment. Yep. You know, they've got yep. the quirky little um, um, uh, room set up, podcast studio yep. set up. Yep. They're sitting yep. there at their desk thinking, now, yep. who do I talk to? Right, right. <laughs> I've got no idea what I'm doing. How do I find guests? Let, um, I'll just go through what I've got here. Will I? So, you, yes. Got, you need a mixer recorder. Oh, my God. I only have one of those. Something, something a to, mixer? to record the, the audio in. Okay. Okay. I've got here. It's the Rode Podcaster Pro. It's about a thousand dollars. I'd recommend. Holy shit! I'd recommend to to your listeners perhaps go for not that, but the H uh, six Zoom. It's about the size of a brick. Okay. It's about four hundred and fifty dollars. It's the equivalent of what I've got. That's a here. smaller version of that. It's it's a different company, but it's a 
it's a recorder mixer. That's right, and it it has uh, inputs for four XLR cables, like like this. Mm-hmm. Okay, you only if there's only two of you, you only need two, obviously, and it goes into two microphones. Oh, okay. What if you're recording? Because a lot of the I find personally the re- podcast or the guest is not with you. So okay, we'll go in that, interstate. We'll go that in in a second. Okay, gotcha. Okay. gotcha. So if you were to do it in house. Yeah, in-house, that's right, the This setup. is what we do. So okay. you, I've got what's called a Shure MV7. It's got points for both XLR and USB. Gotcha. Okay, and that's worth about 350 bucks. Or you could have one of these other um, XLR microphones. It's called a pod mic. It's about 150 bucks. I'm just drinking some water now. The mic's going to pick this up. There you go. That's all right. I can edit that out. <laughs> I'll do a little bit of promotion for Cool Ridge there. Oh yeah, um. <laughs> there you go. So that's that's the equipment. Is what's that's that? It. Simple. There's about eighteen hundred dollars. Well, that's eighteen hundred. We could probably chop that in half if you, you really wanted to. We could start more, you know, yep. cost effectively. So you can get a good mic for one hundred and twenty bucks. So you need a, a podcast hosting platform uh-huh. that allows you to. Um, Put the MP3 audio in, and then it, it, it gets directed to all the podcast apps. So you, you it's can, a distribution platform, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. So I always recommend Omni Studio. Omni. It's about $30 a month, mm-hmm. um, and it allows you to put your audio player on your website, but it also allows you gives you very good analytics. You can see how many people are listening, where they're listening, and how often they're listening, and and for how long they're listening for, even. But that's thirty dollars a month. You could, if you're just doing a five episode series, you just want to test the waters. You could use Anchor, Anchor.fm. It's free, but it's it's affiliated with Spotify. Yeah. yeah. Um. So there's always that risk of that you don't. Well, you do own it, but they could put an ad in there or something like mm, that. Really? Not necessarily. Mm. It's not too bad though. No. Okay. The okay. reason they offer it for free is to yeah. get people on board the Spotify yes. platform. So. Okay. So I may be thinking about a podcast. So I need to get all the setup. Already started a podcast. I'm not sure if it's working or not. Mm. So I know you're going to say that comes back to your goals. Yep. What What's an expectation around listeners? Because if I'm pumping out a podcast and I'm on average getting ten listens, yep. Then am I is it am I not marketing the podcast properly or, you know, I don't want to just draw the conclusion. Hey, my content's not interesting. Hmm. I just might be marketing the podcast because it's something we haven't touched on. How do you get the podcast out into the world? Because that's ultimately what people want to do. Right. Well, it again goes down to your goals and. Yes, without yes. laboring the point too much. Um, how much would it be worth to you to um, have 200 of your cl- target client market in a hall listening to you on stage every, mm. every week or every fortnight? It'd be worth quite a bit of money. It would really, be, yeah, you know, provided they are the target market. Provide, exactly right. Yes, that's right. Yes. So think of it in that that's sense. That's a good analogy, actually. Well, yeah, that's a really the good... The reason I say that is because there's, the expectations are just too high, I think, Sometimes with oh, I need tens of thousands of listeners, but mm. but do you really? And you probably won't get there. So don't yeah. don't think that you need that many listeners. Gotcha. Just trust the fact that those who are listening are really are listening. They're mm. deeply engaged with you. Yes. So you should be really talking to them in a way. Hello, listeners. Of Hello, course. listeners. The people no, that no, are listening regularly. Yeah. Yes. So interesting. It's really interesting. I guess that, yeah. That's um. People like listening to a conversation. Yeah, that's why it's probably better than a they, monologue. Mm. They, we are voyeuristic by nature. All voyeurs, and we like listening to two people talk. I mean, you think of all the talkback shows and the true. the hosts that's we've true. just been talking about, Andrew Denton or Parkinson or whoever, right? So, yeah, a conversation, a <laughs> conversation, a performance that sounds conversational, mm-hmm. a uh, a chat between two people, maybe three sometimes, is okay. Um, now, in terms of, I've forgotten what your question was. Now, <laughs> Measure, measuring success, Chris. <laughs> you can tell this is a real conversation. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> What's the point of the conversation? Is always a question. But sometimes the point, you know, a typical conversation is goes through different stages. You know, rapport building. Yeah. Um, sometimes yeah. there's no meaning to a conversation. 
you know, it's just polite. No, that's right. It's polite. Uh, yeah, but I yeah. really think, if, what is the point? What's the, I like what you said earlier, What's looking for the aha moment. Mm. Um, what is the point of today's conversation? It's really to help people understand, you know, yeah. the art of podcasting. And well, well, the nuances yeah. and the things that you want to need to really think about yep. if you want to do a podcast or currently mm. investing time and energy into podcasting because yep. it is, um, like most marketing channels, Chris, it's sometimes very hard to measure. Yep. So you often question whether mm. or not you should be doing it. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think coming back to your goals is really important. Why are you doing it? Yep. Yep. Um, the the who, who, are you, who is your podcast designed to connect to yep. and influence or educate uh-huh. or entertain yep. the what what type of content mm. are you going to be producing like yep. and um you know and again who are you engaging who are you having a conversation with because that right. will determine the type of content that's right um, well, well all of that is your concept concept okay yep. so that's that's one side of the coin the other side of the same coin then is your execution you might have the best idea in the world but if you're not executing it well, then no one's going to stick around for the second episode. Mm. So if they can't hear it because of technical Ambient issues, noise. <laughs> or, or if you're recording on, say, Zoom. So yes. I'm, I've got a bugbear about Zoom because it's not the best. Oh, come on, Chris. Online tech. Oh. No, it's true. That's true. <laughs> are, no, are, it's not. There it's are not. platforms now that allow you to record at its studio quality. They're, they're Over called- the... Over the internet, riverside.fm, look that up, okay. or squadcast.fm. I use those two platforms. What they do Could we is... put these in the... I'll put these in the notes too. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, definitely. So they allow you to record both you and your speaker, your guest, locally. So it records yes. you locally. Yeah. And then... Brilliant. And, so and, the better so, quality. So when, exactly. So when you mm. press stop, it then shoots up that audio to the cloud. Whereas Zoom... Gotcha records to the cloud instantaneously, mm-hmm. which means it's subject to all those dropouts that we get with the internet. So you'll often hear yes, the quality is atrocious the lagging. and okay. the lagging's there. That's right. I'm going to get onto this. Do it. Yeah, because yep. a lot of my guests are, you know, they're remote. They're yep. interstate or overseas or... That's right. Yes. Yep. So that's, uh, that's a really good takeaway for me personally. Exactly. Thank you. And it records the audio... You can see each other just like Zoom, but it doesn't record the video. Mm. So, okay, good. That's so again, great. Yes, records. Yes. So you're not recording the video yeah. element. Which well, you don't need that. No, you don't. Not over Zoom. It's too boring. Exactly. If you're in a studio, it's a bit different, isn't it? That's but, right. Yep. Yes. Um, okay, that's a really good point. So the execution we're talking about now. Yep. Um, anything else for execution? Well, think about the what. Okay, you think about the tone. Mm-hmm. That this still comes similar to the concept. What, what tone do you want? Well, it depends on your audience. Yeah. If it's more of a football crowd, you probably want more jokes and things thrown mm. in there versus um, someone who wants to run a better business. Just give me give me the information. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I could be run, I could be um, creating a podcast around um, being a concert pianist or a, playing an instrument. You could. It doesn't matter, does it? You can, no. Any subject matter you can of think of, That's you right. can create a podcast around. Exactly. If you're if you're in, interested in it, music, music. Uh, you know, uh, my daughter does French horn, right? So using That's quirky, French horn. It is, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so um, Yamaha produces French horns. They yep. could do a podcast on the history of French horns <laughs> or something. Go. I don't know. Anything. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Any conceivable idea. Or concept, or passion, or hobby, you could do a podcast podcast for. Exactly, that's yeah. right. And I think that is the key. If you're interested in your subject matter, yep, I think that shines through. Mm. And it's finding others that are interested in the same subject matter. So I yep. do like that link you mentioned earlier about being really authentic. Yeah, um, I listened to Lex Friedman. I he popped up somewhere, and he's he's a straight. I think he's, um, yeah. and I, he popped up interviewing. The humans or the cyborg Mark Zuckerberg was being yeah. interviewed. Right, uh, popped up somewhere. I thought, yes, "How yes. is who is this guy?" Yep, he's really dry, really boring. But he's interviewing <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, who's yeah. equally dry and boring. <laughs> but he's high profile. That's right. Yeah. And I thought to myself, "Who is this guy?" Yeah, how did, this is this is weird. Yeah. So I did a bit of research. He's prolific. He's got he's a great. And I listened to a few more of his podcasts. Mm. Really enjoy him. But it's interesting. He he's been just completely himself. Mm. Mm. You know, yep. in a dry monotone, sort of very yep. measured way, yep. very calm tone, 
lots of pausing, slow, you know, right. demeanor. Yeah. Um, and you think, wow, uh, that's not very engaging. It's not very interesting. It's not very high energy. But it's actually, it's him. Yeah. And he's got a very big following. That's it. So it's, it does come back, I think, to being authentic, being yourself and delving and digging into things you're really interested in. Right. And then that resonating with people that have a similar interest. Mm-hmm. I think that's a yep. common format. Rogan's the same yep. um, well, as well. Just on celebrity, um, I think you asked before we pressed record about bringing high-profile people on the podcast as a strategy to build the audience, and that's a great idea. But just remember, celebrity can bring people into your podcast, but your content will make people stay. Stay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yes, yeah, so the hook could be... Well, I know that this, this, is the, this is the thing that I find a little bit contrived with mm. podcasting, is a lot of people will use it to connect with people. Like it's sort of a networking. Yeah, that's fine. You know, that's a, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And it's using the high-profile guest network to promote your podcast. It's a, that's the most common sure. thing I've heard about how you get the podcast out to the masses right. is use the network and the profile of the high-profile guest to reshare on their platform. Mm. That's smart, mm. isn't it? Yeah. In a way, that's yeah. smart. Yeah. But that's not really why I'm doing That's not my goal. Right. Yep. Yeah, is to just get, you know, I yep. want to get my podcast out to as many people as possible that yep. want to listen to it and find it interesting. But um, again, it comes back to goals, doesn't it? I think it's a really, really important thing. If it's a marketing, it's reach. Yeah. It's getting in front of um, more um, ears, mm. not eyeballs. Mm. Mm. Then I think that's a smart approach. But that is a, uh, one of the most common things. In the early days of podcasting, that that was sort of the thing that I um, I learnt or heard most about, you know, why you do a podcast is to meet people and to use their profile to promote your podcast. Um, but it's evolved. That's many, many, many years ago. But right. it's evolved a lot. The whole industry has evolved a lot since then. You'd, you'd want to be able to have your podcast stand up on its own without celebrity. It depends yes. on your audience. Yes, Again, true, it depends true. on your audience. Yeah. You, know, yeah. um, you think of you know, celebrity. You, if there's a particular person that you want to listen to, you'll follow them around on other people's podcasts. Who do you listen to? Who do I listen yeah. to? Who do, who do you listen uh, to as an example? I'm listening. I, I fade in and out. I don't have one that I listen to all the time. Some I do. Um, I listen to J- Jordan Peterson's podcast. Good, he's good. He can be. Sometimes he's, he depends on the subject. He's polarizing, isn't he? Um, he can be. To, mm. yeah, I, I find, and this is the good thing with podcasts, you get someone like him talking to um, you know, an expert on the other side of the world about something. Mm. That you would, if it weren't for podcasts and you, and YouTube, you would never hear that conversation because your free to air television or or you know major media companies just wouldn't have them gotcha. hosting their own show. Yeah, would they? Yeah. Gotcha. Have we missed anything? Actually, I think we covered everything we wanted to, can and I, more. Can I say one one important thing for 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 a business podcast for a brand is you want to try to develop a habit for your listeners. So if you if you are consistent and regular and you drop it every Monday morning, for mm. example, it doesn't have to be Mondays. There's, yeah. there's research suggests that there's no particular day of the week where yeah. it's beneficial, by the way. Mm-hmm. But let's say you dropped it every Monday morning, um, every week, you develop, develop a habit with your listeners where they yeah. know that every Monday morning while they walk the dog, Yes. They'll listen to this podcast. Yep. yep, so they're building it into their lifestyle. So try to develop a habit. Now, mm. weekly is often too much for a lot of people, Yeah, but fortnightly is fine. That's that's regular enough to develop a habit. Mm. Once you get past that, say if it's every month, depending on who your audience is, yes. you're starting to not develop that habit. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. They say so the consistency is key with content, any platform. That's right. Yeah. You've got to have a rhythm, a consistency. That's right. To build those habits. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's a great takeaway. Mm. Um, yes, really, really good advice, I think. Yep. That quirkiness mm. has come through today. Oh. Chris, thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for inviting me into your warm, quirky cave, podcasting cave. If uh, people would like to know more about Chris Ashmore Media mm-hmm. uh, and would like to either pick your brain or get some more information or resources, where can they find you? Go to chrisashmore.media and everything's there. You can contact me. You can you can 
look at me at, at Twitter or um, Facebook. You look at people at Twitter. Anyway, you know what I mean. Yes. ChrisAshmore.media. ChrisAshmore.media. And for those of you that have enjoyed my podcast, Chris was the person that got me started. So I had no idea what I was doing. I got introduced to Chris. Hey, I'm thinking about a podcast. You're right. Right. I think we went through this process, Chris, didn't we, about the goals? That's it. You said, here's the equipment you need. Yep. And off and off we went. I had no idea what I was doing. So <laughs> it has been a fun journey so far, and it's uh, it's very um, been great speaking with you, Chris. So thanks for inviting me in, and uh, we'll see you on the next loop, hopefully down the track sometime. Definitely. Thank you for coming, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks, Chris. Trent is the Managing Director of Boom Sales, Australia's number one sales training and development company. If you'd like to accelerate your sales growth and profitability, go to boomsales.com.au.